The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Gwen and Mercy Academy High School, Sisters of Mercy, or any related affiliate. Hi, my name is Kim Dunphy Scott, and I am a proud member of the class of 1984 and a parent to Shannon and Mary Kate Scott, class of 2016. I serve as the Director of Enrollment Management at Gwinnett Mercy Academy High School. Do you know an eighth grade student interested in applying to Gwinnett? Applications for the class of 2028 are due October 6th, and we will be offering our entrance scholarship exam on two dates, Saturday, October 7th, and Sunday, October 15th. For more information, please visit our website at gmahs.org backslash admissions. Our contact the admissions office today. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you on our campus soon. Welcome back to the Monarch Impact Podcast. I'm Erin Rumel Clements, a member of the class of 2012 and Gwinnett's Director of Alumni Engagement. Today, in honor of the first episode of our third season, we have an incredibly special podcast lined up for you today. We're recording this on Mercy Day, and we're joined by three generations of Gwinnett girls. Dr. Kathleen Roeder from the class of 1960, her daughter, Amy roeder Wolf from the class of 1992, and her daughter, Charlotte Charlie Wolf, from the class of 2025. What a special Mercy legacy. Welcome, ladies. This is Dr. Roeder. <laughs> Hi, this is Amy Roeder Wolf, class of 92. Hi, this is Charlie Wolf, class of 2025. All right, we're going to get started. All right, Mimi, um, how did you end up at Gwynedd? Well, Mercy's presence arrived in Gwinnett Valley in about 1948, which is the when they moved up from Broad in Columbia. Uh, at that time, they were called the Academy of the Sisters of Mercy. And um, Sister Mary Bernard bought the land up here in Gwinnett Valley, founded a junior college and a pre and continued the pre-existing grade, grade school and high school that already existed down in, in North Philadelphia. In 1954, as a sixth grade student at St. Anthony's in Ambler, um, I was made aware of an entrance exam, scholarship exam to what we called ASM at the time. I took the test, got the scholarship and started here in seventh grade. That was in 1954. You were not even a clue or an idea in your parents' minds at that time. <laughs> the current building Minus all of its later enhancements was built when I was in eighth grade, the one, the building that we're in currently, and the rest is history. Here I am. <laughs> okay, all right. Same question. Um, Mom, did you always want to come to Gwinnett? So, yes, I attended Little Gwinnett um, beginning uh, sixth grade. And as we graduated, all of my friends, um, went ahead and moved up to the high school. So um, yes, I did want to go. She had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> was that ever a conversation that maybe she could go somewhere else or was that? No. A no. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? Did you 
did you always want to go to Gwinnett? Did wait, did you have the same rule or did you have some choice in the matter? Um, I mean, I did have some choice because obviously I didn't come from a smaller grade school. So nobody really left my old school, like at public school. So it was either there. And then, I mean, the only place I took the test at was when it, <laughs> I didn't apply anywhere else. So I think that kind of speaks for itself. But I know my grandmom did yell at me for not applying to other schools after I was already going to Gwinnett to see what other scholarships I could get. <laughs> it was too late, though. <laughs> That's good. Well, she was destined, as you said, as we said. Oh, of course. Yes. Um, yeah. It was it was written in the stars that you would all be Mercy Crawls. Yes. I love it. And so today is the day at Gwinnett. We are celebrating Mercy Day. It is on the 24th of September, but um, today is a Friday when we're recording. So we had our big celebration. What were some of the Mercy Day traditions like when you, Dr. Roeder, and Amy attended Gwinnett? Um, when, when I looked at this question, I was surprised that very little has changed. I have experienced three girls going through Gwynedd that I followed along with them, my two daughters, my other granddaughter, and now Charlotte is number four. So things really haven't changed much. Um, the only big difference involves the relationship between the freshmen and their big sisters, which I don't think exists today. Uh, at that time, the freshmen were assigned to a big sister upon entrance, lowly freshmen. And the freshmen were at the beck and call of the senior carrying books, kneeling down to speak to them, fetching and serving. This all ended when all classes joined together on Mercy Day, shared farcical skits, pay facial painting, which still exists, class cheers, other humorous talents with the whole school. And only then did you become a Mercy girl as a freshman. Yes, um, I remember those uh, things also. <laughs> Um, having a big sister when I started uh, freshman year. Um, and I remember all of the school spirit and the skits and all of that. Yes, they were good times. So it really hasn't changed much. Nah, the skits are good. It was funny. Except we still have big sisters and little sisters, but okay. their relationship is a little more... Um, on equal playing field, I would say. They're on equal footing. Um, so Charlie, uh, did you have any special experiences with your big sister when you came in as a freshman? Um, Honestly, freshman year was kind of a blur, especially in the beginning. It was just a lot of new things all at once. But I do remember when we first met them and got to talk to them. And then after, I just remember like the things on our lockers, like the 100 days of being a Gwen and girl, or little Christmas things. Like it was just cute to know that like you had someone thinking about you and like just checking up on you and making sure like you were doing okay in your first year. So I just, I just thought it was really nice. Fantastic. You want to ask the next one? Charlie? Oh, okay. Okay. So mom and Mimi, at Gwened, were there any teachers who stood out to you and influenced you as a student? Mimi, you can go, Amy, first. go first if you will. Oh. Mom, you can okay. um, so I, I remember a few of the teachers, um, Mrs. D'Angelo, Sister Christy, um, of course, they encouraged us to um, do our best and use our time wisely um, and to learn from our mistakes. Uh, I remember the college counselors being very helpful in the process um, of looking for schools and 
all of that. So what about you, Mimi? Well, all my teachers were sisters. Um, there's no one particular sister that stands out as a bright light to guide me. Uh, but, but what I learned from all of these women was that women can be smart. They can choose alternate lifestyles. They can make decisions affecting large groups of people. So these were my first experience with free thinking women. And that was my greatest uh, in, um, takeaway from my experience there with, with the Sisters of Mercy. Absolutely. And you mentioned the the free thinking women and, and part of the Sisters of Mercy is that it makes them so special is their critical concerns. Um, and of we, I'm going to try to name them, right? So women, nonviolence, anti-racism, immigration, and environmental earth. earth yes. Right. Good job. So, <laughs> um, so how have these we can start with you, Dr. Roeder. How have these um, impacted you in some way throughout your life as a as a mercy woman? Well, the critical concerns, by definition, did not exist until 2011. So these didn't they weren't called that when I was a student. Although that same theme went through everything we learned um, in the in the many years that have followed, I've been involved in many mercy ministries. Um, I have been to Peru with Global Health Ministry, which is a medical mission organization found, uh, as part of Mercy, which is uh, led by Sister Mary Jo McGinley, where we do medical evaluations and interventions if we can. I've been to Mercy to active in Mercy Focus on Haiti for many years. Um, and there's speaking about the critical concerns. One of the ministries of, of the Mercy Focus on Haiti is what's called CLM or uh, A Path to a Better Life. And it involves the um, women and children and improving their lives. So as they describe it, so they can move from misery to poverty with dignity, which I think is a very powerful statement for women to, to make, because we have no concept of what kind of poverty they live in. Mercy Focus on Haiti is also uh, has also an agronomy program, which manages the earth uh, through reforestations of the mountains of Haiti, and education of farmers in, in in better crop management and assistance with the eradication of the beetles that kill their crops. Uh, they also have a water harvesting program where they build cisterns and gather water in communities to serve many families, and they have a hen house where they raise eggs, raise chickens to provide eggs for the schools, because this is the only protein that the kids may get in their entire day. So that touches on women, uh, earth, you, you name it. We probably named all of the critical concerns somewhere in there. Um, I've been active at Gwynedd with the, the DEIJ program, um, which is the anti-racism part of it. And so each of these touches one or more of the critical concerns. Um, yeah, bottom line is if you get live a good life, you you touch on each of them somewhere along your along the line. Absolutely. What about you, Amy? Oh wow! How do I follow that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the um, critical concerns, although they were there, was not, um, I guess, part of. Uh, I don't know. The curriculum. Then. The curriculum, but I guess, um, but I, while I was at 
Gwyneth, excuse me, I was a part of the ministry program and we would go to um, homeless shelter in or soup kitchen in, I think, Norristown and really were able to work within the community to help others. Fantastic. How about you, Charlie? Yeah. So the critical concerns of mercy have impacted me again, like through just being able to have a different and I guess a larger perspective than what I'm used to in my little bubble where I'm definitely very fortunate. A lot of people at our school are very fortunate and we're extremely lucky. We're very blessed and we just don't really realize how many problems that there are out there and that there's so many people that don't have it as good as us. So I think that it's really important to just consider all of these things and try to see if it helps you figure out a way to make a difference, whatever it may be in whatever category, if it touches one of them, if it touches all of them, anything. And then for one in particular that I would really align myself with would be women for sure, because going to a school like Gwen and Mercy, I was never, I never really could picture myself at all girls school. Like that never sunk in until my first day of school. And I was like, wow, there are no boys here. Like being there, I never realized how empowering it really is and how nice it is to not like I even did worry about this, but just roll out of bed and come to school is very nice that that part of it. But just being around people that all they want to do is see you succeed and see you achieve the things that they know that you can. And being in a community like that with young women that are like just as passionate, have that fire as well is just so inspiring and it's great. So I love it. That's a great way to look at that. All right. So Mimi, you have been a driving force for the Alumni Association for 62 years. What are some <laughs> of your favorite accomplishments over the years? Well, let me see. <clears throat> there has been an Alumni Association since the beginning of the Academy of the Sisters of Mercy. When they moved from the North Philadelphia up to Gwynedd Valley, a lot of the city girls stopped coming because of the travel and the distance. And the school really became quite small for a while. And consequently, the uh, Alumni Association didn't flourish as well as it had been before. Prior to our move up here, it was funded by bakes, you know, women things, bake sales, Dinner dances, you don't even know what a dinner dance is. Um, I do. And, uh, and other similar uh, fundraising programs, uh, which all benefited the school. Um, the two powerful women who came from uh, North Philadelphia were Ann Casey and Mary Cunningham, um, both of the class of 1950, that makes them both 91 years old, and they are both still alive, and they should be the ones being honored for the uh, maintenance of the Alumni Association. As things started to wane in the end of the 60s, they reached out for some help, and they tapped on the shoulder two classmates of mine, two friends of mine, um, Judy McLaughlin Bucko and Eileen Cairn Santman, both of the class of 1960. At the end of the 60s and the beginning of the 70s, as you may have learned in history, um, there was a bit of a rebellion, a little loosening of some of the laws and rules, and um, schools were not being supported by their alumni in any form at all. In fact, one of the classes that graduated didn't even want a yearbook. They just have 
a box of memorabilia, which became their yearbook. Um, so those two women were tra were tapped by Anne and, and Mary to rejuvenate the, the Alumni Association. Um, and they continued to work for the next 55, 60 years. They ultimately retired and I stayed on because I had been a friend of theirs until last year when I retired at 62. I've just always been just a worker bee in the Alumni Association, not any power or direction. But I just lasted longer than anybody else. All right. And then so as like my mom and my aunt and my cousin and me have been involved in like Gwennett and the Mercy Spirit. How do you think it's shaped your life personally? Me? Yes, you. <laughs> well, it is all who I am at this point in my life. It's been part of my life since I was 12. Um, and I have stayed active in it through all these years. Um, so it, it has become a great significance in my life because it directs where I go and who I know and uh, who I have become. Um, I think I embraced this, the concept of the philosophy of the Sisters of Mercy when I was about 14 years old, and it has stayed with me ever since. Nice. All right. Um, for mom and for you too, Mimi, so as like you have generations that pass through Gwented, what things have changed compared to when you were enrolled here? Like, for example, the uniform. Well, the uniform. Uh, in 1954, I was told that the uniform had not changed in 40 years. And that was easy to believe. <laughs> we wore brown tie Oxford shoes, nylon stockings and bobby socks. Oh my gosh. We, <laughs> we had a double-breasted serge blue top, which had buttons down both sides, onto which we pinned and buttoned our collars and cuffs fresh every morning. Wow. Um, in 1958, there was a bit of a mini rebellion among the, some of the classes, and we refused to wear the now 54-year-old uniform. And they at, that was the time when they changed the uniforms for the very first time. At that point, we had gray pleated skirts and navy blue jackets and white blouses, much similar to what you have now, only different skirts. And since then, it's been pretty much the same. Yeah. What about you, Mom? Um, some things that have changed. Um, the Performing Arts Center was not there when I was a student at Gwinnett, and it's beautiful and amazing. Um, and I guess the overall focus on uh, wellness and um, the mental health piece that goes into it um, and the opportunities that the girls have, um, some new sports and activities that have been um, offered to the girls. So those kind of things have changed for good. 
Absolutely. Yeah, there's been a lot of change. And as our listeners may know, we're getting even more change in the next year or so. We'll have a new wing um, that will be able we'll be able to dedicate some of those resources even more towards our wellness curriculum and counseling and our seminar periods and all of that. So we're very excited for those change to come, changes to come. And it's really cool to see how things have, you know, progressed over the years. Um and I know for Dr. Roeder, I, I feel like every time I talk to you or one of your classmates, I hear about all of the ways you all were involved. You know, so many of you played multiple sports, were in, you know, music, all different types of, you know, a variety of clubs and activities here at Gwinnett. What were you uh, primarily interested or involved in when you were here? I was on the hockey team as a varsity member for four years. I was a captain as a senior. And I was one of the first three members of the Honor Society. Those are the most significant things that I can think of. Yeah, well, I cannot top that. <laughs> I've never been aware of that. Um, I was involved in the Glee Club, um, in ministry. I really wasn't too sporty, but I was the uh, manager for the basketball team and um, just tried to get involved in what I could. It's great. Yeah, there's such a, a great opportunity to be involved in many things. You don't just have to be an athlete or a musician or an artist. You can you can do it all. Charlie, what are you involved in here? Um, all right. <laughs> so take How much time do you have? Uh, <laughs> so um, as far as club goes this year, I mean, I've been on mathletes since freshman year. So I'm doing that. And then also I'm the officer of the Respect Life Club and Model UN and then a co-president of Blossom and STEM, which is a STEM service group that goes to like grade schools in the area and takes middle school aged girls and does experiments with them just to expose them to the different fields that are within STEM. And then I'm in liturgical music, actually. So I sing at the masses. You don't have to try out. So <laughs> I'm in that. And then I also, I played soccer my freshman and sophomore year. And then this year I decided to try golf this fall and I'm having a lot of fun. I really like it. It's definitely frustrating, but I'm happy to be doing it and be out there on the course. I also have done indoor track and outdoor track. I did speech and debate my freshman year, but this wasn't for me. And yeah, hopefully there's, there'll be some more things. I love it. I she was, was a uh, uh, Hispanic Hispanic what of the month? Hispanic student of the month. Oh my gosh. You won something recently, right? I did, yes. What was it? College Board. College Board um, National Hispanic Recognition Award. I found I found it on uh, one of the things that gets sent on a regular basis. <laughs> there she is, smiling like always. Aww. Yeah, she's she's an all-star. I love it. I saw you in your golf uniform the other day. I was like, I didn't know she played golf. <laughs> That's great. And I was the president of liturgical music when I was here. I oh, really? It's so fun. Day. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great to see you all up there. I'm like, oh, I know all those songs. <laughs> you want to take the next one, Charlie? Oh, uh, yes, of course. So this is for both of you, Mom and Mimi. Um, so I guess, Mom, how about you go first for this one? Can you tell tell us a little bit about your life after you graduated from Gwinnett? Okay. Um, after graduating Gwinnett, I went to college. I graduated from Temple with a degree in social work. Um, I've taught delinquent and truant high school kids. I've worked for DHS. 
Um, I was a career development coordinator for high school students. I ran a preschool for 20 years. Um, I'm a healthcare aide and I also manage a catering business currently. So I'm a little bit busy. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like your daughter. <laughs> a little bit of yes. yes. How about you, Mimi? Well, after I went, when, after I graduated from Gwinnett, I went to St. Mary's College in, South, in Notre Dame, Indiana, and graduated with a BS in chemistry. Now, what the heck do you do with a BS in chemistry? <laughs> um, I went to Temple University Medical School. I was an emergency physician for 30 years. Um, and in the meantime, I had adopted two daughters, Amy at age six from Colombia and Katie at age eight from El Salvador. And it's because of these women that I have had the pleasure of sharing my granddaughters with Gwinnett. That's it. Thank you. All right. The next one is, so the next two are actually for both of you. So this next one is how did you navigate through college and career experience after high school? Well, I knew from an early age what I wanted to do and I wanted to be. So I did it. I went from high school to college to medical school. No turmoil, no dilemma, no year of finding myself. I just <laughs> did it. And the rest has been history because I stayed at one place for 30 years. So I I made the decision early on and, and just continued on with it. Yes, um, I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I also wanted to get into social work, both of which I've done. Um, I think using my time management skills and organizational skills um, helped me maneuver through college and you know, really through adulthood. All right, so the next one is, are there any values that Gwen had taught you um, that you've ha carried with you through college and work? maybe like two or three? Well, my selection would be very simple. It's from the Bible, Micah chapter six, verse eight, to act justly, to love faithfully, and to walk humbly with your God. I love that. Yeah, I do too. Um, some values I guess I've learned um, from my days at Gwinnett and since then, um, honesty, uh, determination, hard work, um, helping others in need. <clears throat> so it sounds like all of you really uh, care about the world around you and want to want to leave it better than you found it. Um, I think that's really fantastic and admirable. Um, and something that I'd like to ask each of you is what motivates you? You've, you've done so much, whether it be just at Gwinnett or in your career and, and life outside of the school. Um, but is there anything, you know, a phrase, a motto, or um, just, just something that really stands out to you as something you try to live by and, and keeps you going? Um, well, I don't really have a motto, but definitely what um, motivates me is the things that I want in my future. And I know that the only way I'm going to be able to achieve them and achieve whatever success may look like for me is going to be through myself. So that's what keeps me doing my homework <laughs> until way too late. <laughs> um, what motivates me are my kids and my mom, you know, uh, motivate me to be a better person, to be the best uh, version of myself that I can be. Um, 
one of my mottos is I've got this. Um, I do that often. My kids hear me talk to myself a lot. We do. (laughs) (laughs) And I just say out loud, I've got this. And sometimes I think you really need to, you know, say that. Um, Another one I always say is just remember a bad day is only 24 hours long and you get a fresh start the next day to, you know, make it the best you can. That's a good one. I like that. Mine would be uh, leave it better than you found it. That's a good one. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope I have accomplished that because I'm near the end. (laughs) Me, me. (laughs) I think I've accomplished that, but I think you've got a long way to go as well. So. Um, so what are, so obviously you do a lot, all of you do a lot, whether it be, um, caring for others or doing different activities related to Gwynedd or work. What are some of your favorite things to do that are not necessarily tied to one of those responsibilities? Amy, why don't we start with you? Um, so I enjoy spending time with my kids. Um, we try and get together with my mom for dinner, uh, you know, a couple times a month where we have a lot of laughs and <laughs> share some jokes. <laughs> right, mom? <laughs> Ones I think are funny anyway. Um, so uh, traveling, going to the beach, catching up with my Gwen and girlfriends. Um, so I keep busy. <laughs> mom, how about you? Well, for many years, we, we talk often about the sisterhood of of, <clears throat> of um, Gwyneth girls. For many years, and until most recently, um, there were seven of us who we called ourselves the lunch table because we ate lunch together for four years. We would travel someplace in the country or outside of the country once a year together, just the girls, uh, for for a week. Well, unfortunately, um, we are getting older and there's only four of us left who can travel. The other three are still alive, but they're not able to travel any longer. Um, I also like to volunteer in any way I can, any place I can. Uh, After my uh, retirement from the hospital, I did some medical mission work um, in various countries in Africa and in um, Central America. I can't do that now because I'm a little decrepit when it gets to getting through airports, but um, maybe someday somebody will push me there. Um, So it's just a matter of keeping active, keeping busy. Charlie, what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, Relax, honestly. (laughs) I like to like, just like watch a show or like go for a walk or something like that. Hang out with my family my friends I also love to travel I love going to the beach or to the lake just normal stuff that's great and so as we're wrapping up our final question that we like to ask our guests is if you could give any advice to current or future Gwynedd students what do you hope that they will kind of take away from you what would your advice be Dr. Rodi you want to go first mine would be Follow your dream wherever it takes you. Travel whenever you have the chance. And sometimes you need to make the chance happen. I like that. Um, Mine would be um, that it's important to set long-term goals 
but it's just as important to set short-term goals which are achievable and you can use as building blocks to create the future that you want, you know, and establish your life and success, however you define it. Charlie, does that sound like anything we've been talking about in seminar period? <laughs> yes, a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah. For our listeners who may not know, Charlie has leadership seminar this quarter, which I instruct with um, Mrs. Granaccia. And uh, we talk a lot about goals, setting goals, how to break them down and make them more achievable, how to speak with confidence and hold yourself with confidence, which I think she's doing a very good job at. Um, and not saying like or um, which you're also doing a very good job at. Thank today. you. I've been, I've been thinking about it a lot, actually, the whole time. I've been, I've been so. paying attention. <laughs> But you want to share a little bit about your advice, Charlie? Sure. Yeah. So for my advice to a future Gwyneth student or someone that's there now, I would say try not to lose focus of the things that are really important to you as a person. Obviously, school and sports and trying to fit in all seem like the most important things in your life at like that time. But you really just sometimes need to take a step back and be like, I need to focus on God and I need to focus on my family and I need to focus on my mental health or just my health period, because you can't really accomplish anything else in those other categories, like, like excel in school or sports, if you're not taking care of yourself first. So I would just say, always try to take care of yourself whenever you kind of feel yourself, I guess, slipping and then reevaluate. So, yeah. Fabulous pieces of advice and, Thank you all so much for spending this mercy day with us. It's so wonderful to get to talk to three generations of Gwinnett girls all at once. And we really appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful mercy day. Thank, Thank you. You, you too. Happy mercy day. Happy mercy day.